Hello, and welcome to the Christ Lutheran Church Sermon Podcast. This is Matthew Best. I serve as pastor of Christ Lutheran Church in Allison Hill in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. Thanks for being here. If today's message connects with you and what you're going through, brings you inspiration, or offers connection with God, I ask you to please stay on after the message for just a few moments to learn ways to connect with the congregation and the health ministries that we offer. And now, let's dive into God's Word. A reading from Isaiah, chapter 5 and chapter 11. I will sing for the one I love a song about his vineyard. My loved one had a vineyard on a fertile hillside. He dug it up and cleared it of its stones and planted it with the choicest vines. He built a watchtower in it and cut out a wine press as well. Then he looked for a crop of good grapes, but it yielded only bad fruit. Now you dwellers in Jerusalem and people of Judah, judge between me and my vineyard. What more could have been done for my vineyard than I have done for it? When I look for good grapes, why did it yield only bad? Now I will tell you what I am going to do to my vineyard. I will take away its hedge and it will be destroyed. I will break down its wall and it will be trampled. I will make it a wasteland, neither pruned nor cultivated, and briars and thorns will grow there. I will command the clouds not to rain on it. The vineyard of the Lord Almighty is the nation of Israel, and the people of Judah are the vines he delighted in. And he looked for justice, but saw bloodshed, for righteousness, but heard cries of distress. A shoot will come up from the stump of Jesse. From his roots a branch will bear fruit. The Spirit of the Lord will rest on him, the Spirit of wisdom and understanding, the Spirit of counsel and of might, the Spirit of the knowledge and the fear of the Lord. And he will delight in the fear of the Lord. He will not judge by what he sees with his eyes or decide by what he hears with his ears. But with righteousness he will judge the needy. With justice he will give decisions for the poor of the earth. He will strike the earth with the rod of his mouth. With the breath of his lips he will slay the wicked. Righteousness will be his belt and faithfulness the sash around his waist. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. There's a lot of things in the news right now. Um, wars, right, in Ukraine and Israel-Palestine. Lots of uh, death and destruction. Not really great things going on. Um, along with that, there's a lot of uh, anti-Semitism and a lot of Islamophobia, both in word and in actions, attacks on people. Um, we've had an increase in this country since 2017 in homelessness. One in eight people in the world do not have access to clean water. And uh, there have been almost 38,000 gun deaths this year, 22,000 of which 
are by suicide. Those are sobering numbers and realities. And unfortunately, those are things that are not new. Humanity is really good at finding ways to cause death and destruction. And um, you know, it's just uh, it can be really difficult in the midst of, of all of that. Um, we also have a time of uncertainty in so many different ways. And you know, I've, I've before starting this call, I in between calls, I went around a bunch of different churches, and oftentimes you, you have situations where people don't want to talk about things. But as a visitor, you can you can get away with stuff because you may not necessarily be back. <laughs> and so I would take opportunities to to talk about things that people may may not necessarily have talked about in their in their context, at least in at least in gentle ways. Um, because I think <laughs> I think it's, not only do I think it's important, but I think God, God thinks it's important. Um, when we take a look at, at this reading from Isaiah, and Isaiah, just to give you a sense, who is Isaiah? Isaiah is this really important prophet, one of the most important prophets of Scripture. And the book of Isaiah is written over a couple hundred of years, so it's not just one prophet, it's multiple different prophets. And Isaiah is written, before the Assyrians come and they conquer the northern kingdom. And then also another section is written, well, a little bit later, the Babylonians had come through and conquered the southern kingdom and sent people into exile. And then after the Israelites are set free and sent back to the promised land. And today we have the beginning section of Isaiah, chapter 5 and chapter 11. It's all at the very beginning, the, before all of the destruction and the movement and all that happens. And Isaiah is prophesying about how Israel has not been faithful to God, but how destructive they've been. Humanity has not changed in thousands of years. I don't know about you, but ugh, that doesn't feel very good. That feels kind of hopeless in a way. Humanity hasn't changed in thousands of years. What hope is there? Ooh, now we're really deep into, into this. I mean, Thankfully, the, the narrative lectionary doesn't just leave us with chapter 5, which even at the beginning, though, right, you, you get this sense of 
there, there's this idea that, that had been going around for a long time, and it's still kind of popular today, although it's a heresy, is that there's two different gods. There's the God of the Old Testament, the God of the New Testament, because the God of the Old Testament is angry and ticked off all the time, and the God of the New Testament is, is loving. No, I'm sorry. That's not the case. Yes. Do we read anger of God in the Old Testament? Yes, we do. But go back to this beginning. I will sing for the one I love a song about his vineyard. My loved one had a vineyard on a fertile hillside. He dug it up and cleaned it of stones and planted it with the choicest vines. He built a watchtower in it and cut out a wine press as well. Then he looked for a crop of good grapes, but it yielded only bad fruit. This is a poem about how God cares. In this case, for Israel, God's chosen, did everything for them. And what did they do in response? They didn't return the love, not just to God, but to each other. You go a little bit further in on chapter 5. He looked for justice, but saw bloodshed, for righteousness, but heard cries of distress. Righteousness is our relationship with God. Justice is more communal relationship with one another. And we, and we heard in the reading that, you know, God's, God is so loving. And at the same time, we hear the frustration in this passage. That humanity just not doing it over and over again. Doesn't matter where, doesn't matter when. It happens so much. And so God gets frustrated. I'm just going to wipe all, I'm going to just desolate the place. And then we get to chapter 11. God has changed God's mind. This is the story of the Old Testament. <laughs> A shoot will come up from the stump of Jesse. That which was dead will be brought to life. It's life, death, and resurrection. God is a gardener. And we see this in our passage, God creating a vineyard, just like a garden, and God tending it, caring for it, providing security for it. We heard in Genesis, the first creation story is of God creating a garden. And here we are, there are many other places where Israel and creationists describe it as a garden. And when we get to the New Testament and the stories around the resurrection, the Gospel of John talks about the resurrection story, and it happens in a garden. Mary confuses Jesus with the gardener who cares for the garden. And when we get to Revelation, it's a garden all the way through. And so, I want you to think about, if you have a garden or if you've ever gardened, how do you care for a garden? I'm not a gardener. We tried putting a garden in our yard. 
And I think the only thing we grew was what? Green beans? Once. Yeah. Not a green thumb. We are terrible at it. We are gifted in other ways, not gardening. Thankfully, other people are. But you have to do some things with gardens so that they grow fruit. We hear that in Isaiah. You have to tend to the garden. What does that mean? What does it mean to tend to a garden? What do you have to do? Give it water. You got to work on it. Absolutely. You got to get your hands dirty, right? Yeah. You got to put manure into it. It's a fertilizer. Manure. It's a lot of work. Right? And you got to put up things so that the rabbits don't get things. Another wildlife. You got to weed. I have a, a, a friend, another pastor, who talked about working at uh, a, somebody else's house over a summer a long time ago, and they had uh, this bush that was just out of hand. And so this guy said, um, I need you to prune this, this bush. And so my friend said, okay, great, I can do that. And he worked on this. This was a huge bush. And he's cutting, and he's cutting, and he's cutting, and he's cutting. Works on it for a couple days of cutting. And, the, uh, and he finally finishes, or what he thinks is finished. And he goes back to the guy, hey, I finished. Finished pruning. The guy comes out, he looks at it, he's like, no, you're not. You're not, you're not anywhere close to done. Oh, but, you know, if I'm worried if I'm going to kill it. You're not going to kill it. Keep pruning. So he takes the next day and he's cutting away. And he's really concerned because he's like, I'm cutting away some of the good stuff. He works on it all day and he's done. He, the guy comes out. You're not done. Show up tomorrow. I'll do it with you. I'll show you what I mean by pruning. So he comes back the next day. And he's concerned because this bush is not looking healthy at this point because he has been cutting away. And the guy says... You're afraid of killing it. I can appreciate that. But you haven't cut away the parts that need to be cut away. You've certainly cut away the dead. But you also have to cut away the things that are alive that suck the life out of the rest of the plant. And so they cut, and they cut, and they cut, and they cut. And he steps away. And this thing looks like the Charlie Brown Christmas tree. <laughs> you all have that sense of straggly and just not full of life at all. And the guy said, you're going to drive by here in a couple of years, and you're going to see what this bush looks like. And so he did. He remembered that because he thought, oh, I'm going to drive by, and this thing's going to be uprooted and gone because we killed it. No, he drove back a couple years later, and it was more full of life than ever. And it was larger, and it was full of flowers, and it was full of all the things that were growing in it, and it had housed birds and all sorts of other things. When I read Isaiah, I think about the idea of pruning. 
it's not a pleasant thought. And, and I think about that in terms of the larger church. You know, there's, it's no, it's no uh, secret that the church in the West is in decline. We hear about this all the time. Losing this, that, and the other thing, and there's a lot of fear about that. And I just wonder, what if it's holy pruning? What if it's holy pruning? Because when I see what's written in chapter 11 here, a shoot will come up from the stump of Jesse. A stump doesn't grow things, it's dead. And yet, miraculously, this little piece of life comes out and it will blossom. Sometimes God uses very few people to do things for the many. We, of course, have the example of Jesus as the best example, doing something that the rest of us are completely incapable of doing, but we have other stories as well. We have stories of Moses leading the people out of Israel, and he wasn't the best choice in the world. He stuttered, but God equipped him to do what he needed to do and and had his brother to speak for him because the things he couldn't do, he couldn't do, but he didn't do it alone. Or you have other folks, you have like Isaiah, a prophet, or Hosea, who we had last week. Or you get to the judges, Deborah. Or you get Mary, a teenager. A teenager who's carrying Jesus, God's son. Someone completely, no one would have guessed that. God equips us, the few, to do something that benefits the many. There was a, a woman who went to a book signing and her and uh, and she she really enjoyed the book and she talked to the author and told the author, you know, you must get really frustrated because it seems like you're yelling at the wind. It seems like you're all alone. It must feel discouraging. But please know that you're not alone. That what you're doing matters. That even though you have a small voice, it has an impact on people. And so I want to share that with you. That as much as we may feel alone, just look around. Look around. You're not alone. You're not alone. That's why we have a congregation. It's because you're not alone. We can't do this by ourselves. And none of us here are gifted in everything. And that's a beautiful thing. We're each gifted in certain things. Just like why we say the creed, this is why we are together. Because... There's certain parts that we can believe and other parts that we have trouble with, but thank God there's other people who believe those things when we have trouble with it. You're not alone. 
And the world may seem against us, and it may be frustrating. It may just, we just want to yell at times. But please know you're not alone. That God has made a promise. And God always keeps God's promises. Even when everything looks like the worst. A shoot will come up from the stump of Jesse. God keeps God's promises and empowers us to also go and be a light to other people. Thanks be to God. Thank you again for listening to the Sermon Podcast. I'm always happy to have a conversation or pray with you. Please reach out either by email to pastor at christharrisburg.org or call me at 717-236-8382. I'd also invite you to be part of worship on Sunday mornings at 10.30 a.m. We're a very diverse, open, affirming, and laid-back congregation. Christ Lutheran Church is located at 124 South 13th Street in Harrisburg. Parking is along the street. You can enter the building through the side entrance on South 13th Street or at the corner of 13th and Thompson Streets. And lastly, check us out on the web. Our website is ChristHarrisburg.org. There you can learn more about and offer your support for the congregation as well as the health ministries and free clinics that we provide to people in need in our neighborhood. I invite you to follow us on Facebook and Instagram also at Christ Lutheran Harrisburg. Thank you. I look forward to connecting with you, and I pray that you have a blessed week.